0: Welcome to another episode of the Limitless Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Smith. And if you have not done so, hit that subscribe button so that you never miss another podcast. And if you love this podcast and you want some more tips and tricks on how to improve yourself, go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel. There are a ton of instructional videos there. You can find the links down below. But for today, today, I have a very, very special guest. His name is Steve Remick. Steve, welcome to the show.
1: Man, thanks for having me on. It's going to
0: be fun. My pleasure. So yeah. Steve here is a uh, a fantastic fellow, a good, conversational, good conversationalist, uh, articulates himself well, has a lot of deep insights. And before we got onto the pot, or before we started recording, we were just going down rabbit hole after rabbit hole. And I think a common denominator that I found for both you and I, Steve, is that we really want to, <laughs> we want to bring more goodness. You, you said, uh, I really liked it was, uh, you want to become a vehicle of service. And I think a common Mm. denominator is that we both want to be of service somehow. And, uh, yeah, I'm actually just excited to shoot the shit with you on this podcast so that we can just like have conversations and questions and kind of go from there. And I'm just really pumped about it.
1: Yeah, me too, man. Yeah. It's talking about that service is, is one of those things where it becomes strange because it challenges everything that we're kind of taught to believe. And, you know, And it, but I think all the things that we do in our culture, like all our values and virtues kind of lead to that. Like, what's the point of being strong if you can't serve? What's the point of being having, you know, um, to be able to speak your truth and be honest, you know, if you're not doing it in the service of others? like no one wants to be, you know, like the example, the richest man in the graveyard and all that stuff, you know, you know, the gifts are to be given. And so I really enjoyed kind of tangentially speaking with you beforehand. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here, man. So
0: that's fantastic. Yeah. So there was a couple, there was a couple of things that we were uh, chatting about before. And as a heads up folks, we're probably going to go on a couple tangents. Cause we both have a lot of cool, <laughs> I think a lot of pretty neat. Perspectives, and mm-hmm. uh, once again, the the thing that I think is really at the base of it is just being a decent human being, and uh, mm-hmm. the the pursuit of being better, self self improvement, and then in turn, the people around us get to improve as well. And mm-hmm. yeah, man, I think it's so cool. Like, there's so many things that we are talking about.
1: where where to enter where to enter yeah exactly i think think one of the best ways to enter is how do you actually calibrate engage yourself as a good person like what what does that even mean Mm -hmm. and so and and so how do you structure your life in a way that you can get your hands on that question and um, kind of get into it and so i've always looked at you know we, we were talking earlier about numbers and i think like the number four is a great way to uh, gauge ourselves. So I always look at it like health, wealth, career, and finances. Like that's an easy way to kind of track. Like where's your life at? You know where does it need work? Where do we need to grow? Um, I think that applies for your. You can do that for your health and break that down if you want. But it's a good overview. And so if you want to look at like how to become a good person, I would use eight And I got a, I don't have them memorized, but I got my little sheet. And so I think like how do you take care of your ego? like where you at with your ego, your livelihood, your ability to take income, your relationships, your community, your beliefs, your financial situation, your body and your spiritual life, which is the softest word ever, but I don't know a better word to talk about it, but it's how you experience your spirit that, you know, the thing that speaks up when you get pushed down, you know, Mm. that the fight. So I think those things are a great place that you can actually like, Kind of gauge yourself, number yourself one to ten, see where you're at, <clears throat> and then you can further inquire with questions.
0: So. I completely, I completely agree with that because then, then it takes a little bit more self. Well, I think the hardest part is the being honest with yourself in such a heavy topic. Like people don't want to approach. I certainly have been this person many times where I just do not, never wanted to approach the person that I was in order to become the person that I wanted to be because it's difficult and it hard. It's hard and it sucks. To tell yourself how much you suck in a particular area of your life. <laughs>
1: it's true, yeah. But so, did you always kind of feel that potential within yourself?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was just, I'm like, I feel it in my gut. Where, because uh, Kendra asked about it too, cause so we had a conversation. But I felt, I feel in my gut, and I can remember for the longest length of time where I was just pulled towards. Like I just knew. I was just like, I think it was. I think I called it ambition or drive. Now I just call it like, <clears throat> I call it my compass. So nice. that feeling is actually a compass. It's a way of directing the highest probability of success. Right. Yeah. But I've always had that. I, for as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to provide, I wanted to be of service. And then the way I've been of service has just become more fine-tuned the more self-aware I've been, in the way that I want to provide that service, and what is the purpose of the service?
2: <clears throat>
0: right. It's not a service just the sake of service. It's not. It's not saying yes to tasks and helping people when it's in, or when it's out of alignment of the service that I provide. Want to provide that I feel innately where I think that there is a, there is a, uh, a way to. I just want, I'm also just curious as to like what the best person or what the best version of a person is as well, or what characteristics, Mm -hmm. what traits. And I think when I'm talking with people or like how we're having a conversation, there's enlightening moments on for both parties, where it's just like, Oh, I didn't think of it that way. (laughs) Yeah. But it's really helpful, but I've always been drawn to some sort of like help service kind of thing. And I think I find it to be a creative outlet as well. So I have a neat little combination where it's a creative outlet to be of service because then I get to, um, I get to, I don't know, I find myself to be a fairly creative person and I get to create something from nothing. And there's something about the idea of helping someone create the best versions of them that I'm just, I find to be so fulfilling.
1: Mm. Yeah. it's interesting. I think that's, most likely where you and I are like kindred spirits. I was like, cause I've known like, since I was a kid, that's just something that I just naturally am pulled to. It's funny. You mentioned a compass. Cause I think about like a North star, like it's just my North star that stays up there all the time. And you know, after a big shit, am I allowed to say shit? Oh yeah. You can oh, swear. I don't mind. Okay. 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 Fuck People on Facebook get might there. get upset or something. Like that. <laughs> that's okay. that's okay. 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 The message is pure anyways. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> after, you know, like a bad breakup or you know, a big shit storm in life, you know, when the dust settles, that North star is always there. It helps me kind of like, okay, that's the direction I got to go. That's what keeps me disciplined. That's what keeps me like exercising and focusing and, and just taking care of myself. Because I know that like, if I'm not right, I'm no good to anybody else. And, and I think, you know, humanity as a total is a sum total of all of us. It's not just one person driving the ship. We all are. And so it's like, okay, well, if, if I could take care of you and you can take care of our neighbor, well, we can have, we can have an agreement and we can work forward that way. And I'd say that's, that's always been, that's been my North star. So
0: that's so interesting. Hey, I think so that, so what we were talking about pre-show where without having communicated, without having communicated the thoughts, that's the common denominator. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think that that's an interesting one. Um.
1: How would you describe,
0: yeah, this is kind of a cool one. So how would you describe that feeling, that pull?
1: What does it feel like to you? I think it's just authenticity. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, and and not that everyone has that. I think everyone has the innate human response to help others, just because we're tribal people. You know, you got potatoes, I got carrots, we got to share, or else we die, we're dead. So we have that, but for me, it's, it's much more of a visceral experience since I was a kid. I always looked at the world in a very strange way. Like, and so things like school was very oppressive to me in a sense. <laughs> Just being locked in a classroom and being taught math was a very painful experience because I was like, hey, you know, Kyle, you're fun. I'm fun. Let's go outside and play hockey. You know, like that's 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 where life is. That's what's fun. So I always kind of looked at that as like, well, if we're laughing, if we're having fun, that's where life is, that's where we should go. And so it's always been that that deep intrinsic knowing that we we need to be able to enjoy ourselves. We're surrounded by with too much depression and anxiety. We need to find that way to plant seeds of happiness in our life and carefully take care of them and watch them and and you know we got to water them every day. you know, so part of that is yeah we got to take care of our bodies, we got to exercise, we got to take care of our tasks. But you do that all in the service of bringing joy into life and i think that that to me is what gives me the most motivation
0: i love that i think i like how you said mm-hmm. bringing joy into life i joy has been a very big uh kind of like a kind of like a title word so i have main word for the year and then i have which is limitless <laughs> it was last year so i just carried <laughs> it over from this last year to this year uh yeah. but then joy is uh is a big one for me where it's it's joyfully living. It's finding joy. It's being joyful. Mm. And I like it because you can be joyful despite not feeling joyful and mm. emotions follow motion. So if we can find ways that we bring like little, or if we can find ways to be joyful, then we can find a little bit, even if it's really tough, we can find a little bit of uh, leeway, a little bit of like you can feel the slack in the line kind of idea yeah yeah that's craziness man
1: my my experience of you kyle is you've always been like kind of a, a joyful person and i've always appreciated about that, that you it's like i'm like i never in a bad mood when i'm around you so i've <laughs> always i've always appreciated about you you kind of always have that lightness about things you know
0: thanks man i i really appreciate that i i think yeah. I yeah, I think I have uh, developed that over time for sure as a skill because I do recall because we were talking about before just times that we changed or there was changing, and there's point one well, we were kind of talking about, but there's points in time that we find ourselves evolving, I suppose, mm. and that's where we're instead of running th- past those doors, we're actually taking the time to open the doors and twist twist the knob mm. and go through. <clears throat> And I think the one reason, or I think that I used to have a lot of thinking of me, like me, 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 and everything else had to change in accordance to me. And then that's what the issues really came up. But then when I really shifted from the me to the we, I actually, that allowed me to like uh, a lot more freedom of expression, I suppose. A lot more freedom of expression where some people, someone could say like, uh, oh, Kyle, you're a really joyful person. Well, I just don't want to be miserable. So there's the choice of the two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, thank you very much for that. Like, I I really, yeah, I like it. I, I like that vibe, mm. man. I just like, <laughs> there's just something about being a better human being that improves the people around you. And it just, the thing that I try to do is kind of like, where focus goes, energy flows. And if I'm mm. focusing on being the joyful person, then I'm gonna to get to surround myself with more joyful people. It's the same with misery. When people view life through a lens of misery, they're gonna see nothing but misery. But the, the lens we get to choose. And I think that choice is the underrated superpower of all human beings.
1: Do mm. you think that all human beings have their own superpower?
0: Uh I would say, you know what? Yes, I would actually say that each human being would be able to definitely has their own gift. And it is like a Venn diagram, you know, like the the philosophy of Ikigai in Japan. Yes, yeah. So that's like, if I butcher the explanation of it, but it's basically just a compilation of uh, the characteristics that created identity. And I think as a gift, there is an overlap where it goes from something that can, something that sets your heart on fire something that is of service to others and something that is unique to the person themselves. And I think where Mm. we find that overlap, Mm. that is where we find our gift. So I think every, I think every, every human has the superpower of choice. And then from there, we have to go into the self exploration to be able to find what that gift is. I'm for myself, like reflecting on it often, I would say that, or I like to think that one of my gifts is the, uh, just the desire to understand people. So I just get to ask questions. Now, this is, mm-hmm. it wasn't always that way because I'd talk to someone and then the advice monster would come out. And then I would just be telling people to do this rather than asking them questions to understand their situation in more context. So now that I'm coming from a place of curiosity and a place of we and a place of good intentions, I think intentions play a huge role. Like the difference between good intentions Mm -hmm. and bad intentions is, is so is I think that like that one's such a smooth one where there's a little bit more peeps wanting to have like a gray area kind of thing, but Mm -hmm. that just makes it really tough. Yeah. I don't, hmm. I don't even remember where I was going with that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah. So well, it's just asking yeah. questions. I think, I think that would be my gift where I enjoy talking with people. Some people don't enjoy talking with people, but I found a spot where those things kind of overlap and now we're here. And I think that you have awesome insights and I've always, I've always had a very joyful time around you as well like you've always been a good you've always been good vibes man <clears throat> always been good vibes and uh i think that that is not by accident i think that it is by participation of life
1: yeah yeah participation is everything because if you're not participating into yourself you can't commit to yourself like without participation there's no involvement there's no commitment. You know, they, they, they go in together at the same time. So like, if you want to get involved in your life, you have to commit. And if you want to commit to bettering your life, I hate saying bettering your life because we're not broken. It's just, you know. So that being said, if we all know there's things in our own lives we need to better. We need to improve. We all know that. And it's different for everybody. But if we're not participating in that, we can't commit to that process. And if we're not participating, we don't have the opportunity and the joy of getting our asses beat down and failing. (laughs) And and that's that's the best part of it. I mean, someone that has never failed can never lead, can never be a good human being. Because you can't, those things are just intrinsic with each other. And so part of that is like, okay, I, need, I know I need to change this this about myself because it's not serving me. And I know that as soon as I step forward, I'm gonna get my ass beat, but you never know. You, know, you might get your ass beat by someone that teaches you how not to get your ass beat again and you can move forward with that process. And so <clears throat> I think the first step is, is looking deep into ourselves and being honest with ourselves about that process. And I mean, really honest.
2: And, ruthlessly and honest. Non-
1: ruthlessly honest. There's this great quote by Miyamoto Musashi, and I hope I don't butcher it. It says, Truth isn't what you want it to be, it is what it is. Either you bend to it or you'll suffer forever. And so that's like, good. Dude, it, dude, it's so good. And if you apply that to your own darkness, you know, you can't you can't build character without darkness. You know, you have to go into that space and say, okay, like, what am I, where am I falling short? <clears throat> Write it down, make a plan because guarantee, like, especially in the society we live, you know, like you, you can get strong. You can be like super, um, super athlete, but you can also be a fit, sick person too. You know, someone that's just kind of just not looking at those parts of their life and it takes, massive courage to do that you know they say character is like 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 you know the old school photography like it, yeah. it only develops in the darkness you can't do that on the podium you can't develop yourself the same way winning championships year after year then you do dragging in the mud in the darkness fighting with your own self because then you realize like exactly what you need to change you know and i think that's why some people get stuck in those darkness ruts is because they know they need to learn something there but they're not willing to see it you know we had talked earlier about that analogy of the ship you know in terms of like if you're if you're in a storm you need your ship tied to an anchor you need you need stability but when you're ready to get out of that bay and go to another island you have to let go and so there's that there's that weird balance between like looking at your own darkness but not staying in too long being honest with yourselves lick your wounds make a plan, set sail, and move on, and, and, and don't look back, you know, you can look back when you're looking at the wake of the ship, and say, that's where I was, but, you know, that, that's, that's what I mean by living a spiritual life, that's, that's how I define a spiritual life, it's not like, it's not the woo-woo living up in a mountain stuff, it's like getting deep into yourself, and going to battle with yourself, and your demons, and then <clears throat> coming through that darkness, and then showing up into the world and be like okay now i can help now i can show up for other people how can you show up for other people if you don't show up for yourself Absolutely, I don't see any other way
0: mm. i agree i'm going to toss yeah. the question your way do you believe that sure. uh, do you believe that uh folks have a superpower i think that's how you worded the question
2: i'm not sure
1: yeah i do i i, I do because i think In a weird way, we all contribute to being human. Um, But if I'm also honest, I think some people are closer to that answer than other people. And, you know, if you ever want an example of this, I'm sorry to say this, but because it's being recorded. But if you ever want a good metric on setting goals, is that if you're uncomfortable telling your goals to a small minded person, that's a good goal if you feel that visceral discomfort it's worth it and so that small-minded person equal on every aspect but some people are just further away from that truth their own truth than other people you know no judgment of course but at 8 billion people man some got to be on top some got to be on the bottom and we're all working together but you know, I, I'm not going to be the participation trophy person saying like oh we're all equal, we all have the equal ability to tap into our superpower. Well, some people just don't, you know, we had spoken about that uh, Maslow hierarchy of needs, you know, some, some people are just trying to survive. You know, so this conversation about superpowers almost like insulting. but But Some, some you might just have to go there to find it. So who, yeah. who am I to judge, you know, so
0: could be it could I be think. you could ask that question of why do i perceive that to be insulting
3: yeah. maybe there's a
0: perception of reflection you never know you never know it always is as <laughs> we do cuz we do have that i think we have that inner wisdom that intuition that yeah. soulful driver that uh knows the truth and i believe that that's where a lot of A uh, a lot of dis ease comes into play because we're trying to push that intuition, that inner wisdom, push it down as much as possible, so that we don't get to, so that we don't have to experience what the self actualization is, because then we may we may not be winning, Mm -hmm. we may not be losing, we're just in purgatory we're not in heaven. We're not in hell. We're just in purgatory. And until we actually say like, you know what? I don't want, I don't, I no longer am happy with the standard of life that I am living. So I am going to choose to either progress better or decrease progression. I think, yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting thought. That's an interesting thought.
2: Hmm.
1: I like that. I think you know, I don't, I don't want to be an asshole and talk about like Buddhism, like I, I know what I'm talking about, but there's this wheel of wheel of Buddhism, and there's all these different levels. And without getting too much into it, I always remember this one level. I think it's called the Nalika, but it's represented by this little being that has like a really big belly and a very, very tiny mouth. And it's representative of like this insatiable appetite, but the inability to uh satiated and when i kind of in my day-to-day life sometimes i just meet people that just have that you know they just they just never seem to be happy never seem to be content because they just it just doesn't seem like they have the means to line that stuff up and i i don't know what to take of that like i don't know exactly how to deal with those types of people except for just kind of being myself and you know, like think about like just represent myself and represent what I believe. You know, if you think about the word represent, it's like represent. It's just representing yourself every time, every time. Every day, it's that coworker. You know you're representing yourself. you're like representing what you stand for. You don't have to take it. but it's tough. So when you talk That's... about superpowers, man, like I want to say everyone's got it, we can all be amazing. But at the same time, I just don't know. That's totally fair.
0: That circle uh, that you're talking about for Buddhism, is that the Saramara? Sarama? I forget what it samsara? is. Samsara? Is that what it is? That's what, that's what I don't want to sound like an asshole talking about it because I always mess it up. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I, I can sound like the asshole.
2: So.
0: <laughs> <Perfect>. All right. <laughs> nice. Samsara. Uh, I, I messed it up twice before <laughs> you got there. So that's pretty sweet. <laughs> that's so interesting. So how is it? how is it that you actually found yourself coming about this, uh, this incarnation of Steve, like learning, developing, how did you find yourself
3: surprising yourself with the person that you became or are becoming? Hmm. I don't know,
1: man. I, on one level, I always kind of acknowledge the fact that I was kind of like a weird kid. But like I didn't look at it as weird. I looked at it as like normal. You know, like I, I think playing road hockey up front of your house every day is fun. It's normal. That's the way it should be. Staying inside on a computer, not my thing. You know, like I've 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 never owned a television in my life. Ever. And I don't miss it at all. You know, sometimes like people recommend like a movie I gotta see. Fine, so be it. I'll watch it on a laptop. But I just think that I've always made choices outside of what the normal was, not because I knew better. It's just, I knew that if I go down this path that everyone else is going on, everyone's sick and miserable. I didn't want to be sick or miserable. So I didn't know the way to go when I was young, but I just knew it wasn't that way. And I had a couple of pivotal points in my life where things, something just woke up in me. I started to travel. I started to read books i started to just consume information and and people in a sense cuz i started to realize that people when they write something down or when they speak it's an externalization of who they are you know mm-hmm. you really see who the person is if you really listen to what they're saying and not just the words but how they say it and all that nonverbal stuff and i was just always so fascinated by that and so there was a couple moments <laughs> that I started to just kind of click into that dive into it and a couple trips to Asia really opened me up to the way that they think over there and it completely shook me up shook me apart you know it took me a good 10 years to really put myself back together and orient myself in a way that's more balanced because you grew up in the in the western way of thinking and it just makes so much sense that's just what you're indoctrinated into and then you go to the east, and you see how certain parts of their society functions perfectly, with no police, with no law, with no none, none of that other stuff. And you realize that there's—I I realize that there was this beautiful harmony that we could all experience when we have freedom, maybe independence,
2: mm-hmm. independence
1: like <clears throat> independence in terms of like our capacity to act. You know, not freedom versus discipline versus freedom like the Jocko thing but in terms of like independence and our availability to act you know like um, responsibility you know our our ability to respond to a situation and that empowered the shit out of me and so when i came back i realized that like okay like there is a middle way through this and i just have to kind of like ask myself the right questions surround myself with the right people and and you know, read books and talk to people. I mean, I think that, I can't remember the saying, but it says, uh, "Fools ask themselves questions that have been answered a thousand years ago in books." You know, so so why am why I was like, why am I not diving into that stuff? I can save myself decades of pain if I do that, and that's kind of like what brought me into this place. Mm. Yeah, that's the good. Self work well i would say
0: vicious <laughs> self-work yeah. i love it yeah that's oh, fantastic man yeah i find i find that there's loud. i find that there's a the i put it as it's either going to be by choice or by chance that individuals are going to deep dive into change <clears throat> And I'm more of a proponent of choice rather than chance because choice is at least within our power to the for the most part, and then chance is going to be significantly less in uh, alignment with us. Or it might we might find ourselves by chance in a significantly worse situation that was completely preventable, and then that's the only opportunity that we that we view as the time to change. But when when I started thinking from a, a place of uh, choice uh, that goes back to like choice being the superpower of human beings. I'm a lot more mindful of the choices that I'm making on a small scale in order to find that, that Goldilocks stone, where it is the balance, like what you were talking about, where it's kind of like, you're just, it's, it's, well, it's like the analogy of a river. Some people are trying to swim upstream. Some people are just trying to hold on to a boulder while others are just going with the flow of the river and then taking little pit stops along the way. Yeah, I think that's – and choosing to find that Goldilocks zone where you're in alignment, you're being of positive service to others, you're able to own the darker sides. And I, I would say it's kind of like Carl Jung style where it's like shadow work integration where you're just taking like the darker parts where you're not exactly the most stoked about. And then you just understand that character, that person, that persona, and then try to have that sweet spot of combining it so that there is at least an internal harmony where it's not going to be, I think the internal harmony is kind of the the common denominator for that is when we find that then we're tuned, we're tuned. There we go. Like uh like, music we're tuned our frequency is tuned there's not sporadic ups and downs and when we can find that goldilocks zone of not too hot not too cold there's going to be less resistance into getting whatever we want out of life
1: well, yeah that's a little bit of a tangent on that one hmm. Sounds pretty good to me sick sick so how 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 do how do you teach that to somebody like how do you put what you just said about balance into somebody's hands where they can apply that to themselves? Because so, it's, it's it's one it's one thing for us to talk about balance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the whole, it's my whole issue with the spiritual community, you know, shadow work and stuff. It's like my shadow work is better than your shadow work. And it becomes this mm. bullshit. It just is absolute rubbish. Because what's really true is that one person closing their eyes and going to themselves. So how how do you get that tangible piece of balance into somebody's hands where they can actually work with it?
0: Changing uh, the stories that we tell ourselves because the Mm. stories have a lot of power and the most powerful stories are the ones that we speak to ourselves. And that's why language and speaking to ourselves is so important because whether we say we're a piece of shit or we're an absolute rock star of life, we're going to be true on either or. And the way I try to teach it is first focusing on the intention of it. So is it good intentions or ill-intentioned? And so, for example, I can just, it's it's bringing, bringing up the idea, okay, so you know what you want. Are you behaving congruently? So are you behaving in the way that is in alignment with who you want to be and then Bringing the awareness of who told you the story that you have to do this, that you should be this, that you must do this. And I think in finding that balance, it's taking those stories that are not our own and rewriting them in a way that benefits us first, and then we can actually show up for others more. So Mm -hmm. let's say, for example, people that feel like they're obligated to take care of family members. I like to input the narrative that they may feel like their family needs them. And of course, it's going to vary depending. I'm just using this as an example, but they're completely capable human beings. And by always being there, by them depending on you, you train them to depend on you. They are incapable of depending on themselves because you are providing a disservice in taking away that lesson. Mm. So by, so by implementing a different story and it's kind of like, it's debating itself. It's a Socratic method, right? It's the logos ethos. And it's the philos. it's being able to counter that uh, narrative and say, well, why is it that you believe that? Oh, because of society. Oh, because my parents. Mm. Oh, because what about what you think? What do you think of it? Oh, I think it's absolute horseshit. Then why do you keep doing it? because I feel obligated to, you're not, I guess I'm not, I guess you're right. Okay. So what can we do differently? What's the story that you can change? What's the story you can tell yourself to empower you in order to show up better for them? And it's like, oh, well, I guess, I guess the story I would tell myself is by me saying, no, no, I cannot take on this task for you. I have to take care. I have to do my things first. And then if I can, I'll lend a helping hand. But people are just quick to say yes, because they feel that obligation. And I also think there's another part of it too, is that the quickness to saying yes means that we don't have to go inwards. So we feel that fulfillment of helping and solving and providing solutions or advice, but we don't turn it inwards. Because we're really good at procrastinating and helping someone else accomplish their thing is helping us procrastinate on ours, which is pretty funny. But then that comes up with another story where it's another story where it's like, um, do you like being told what to do? No, I hate being told what to do. Then why are you allowing other people to delegate their tasks onto you and set you up with the expectation? So that hour that you lost doing that thing for another person, they gained an hour. By you saying no, you mm. could have had that hour to work on something that's fulfilling mm. for you. So it's it's the stories. It's just like, it's reprogramming the brainwashing and then making sure the stories behind it are good, good and well-intentioned. And, it's, and it goes from that mm. point.
1: So if I'm hear, hearing you correctly, one of those ways to do it is, through questions or a level of inquiry, whether it's, uh, questions of the self or maybe from a coach that's helping you lead you through that process. And so there's like a level of questioning that needs to go on. And also what I'm hearing you say is like the need to go inside, to go deep instead of staying away from the distractions that keep us in the external world. Would that be mm-hmm. close?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. then, cause we're just gonna, cause we're just going to be uh, regurgitating the uh, input. Our input is going to be the same as our output. And Mm -hmm. we're having, I think because, and people will say, oh, there's so much information that's out there. Delete everything. Delete everything until you feel competent in your confidence or no. Delete everything until you feel confidence in your competence where you are not, in, rather than being a thermometer, you're a thermostat. So instead of mm. reacting to the temperature outside of you, you get to set the temperature instead.
1: Mm. No, I like that. Yeah. In, in the same way, we can also set our own temperature in terms of like how we show up in the world, our levels of joy, our levels of everything. We can control that instead of just kind of outsourcing it to the common narrative of what's going on around us.
0: Totally. Because then what are we doing then? We're just outsourcing our thinking. We're just not wanting to think. And if we're thinking and if we're outsourcing our thinking, then we're going to think the same way that other people think. And there's going to be no progress. We're going to find stagnancy. And the thing that's mm. really interesting and totally tying back, like some people are uh, uh, like thoughtful and <clears throat> thinking big. And some people are small minded and the, and with that, I think the only difference is really just kind of just question. Yeah. Just questioning like the perceptions and reflection of reflecting on the, the thoughts that just pop up. Like what's our automatic thought? What's that automatic thought that just came up? Cause I like to think of the idea that you may not be able to control your first thought, but you can control your second thought.
1: Yeah. 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 No, I, t- I, t- I
3: totally vibe with that because if our thinking,
1: hmm, let me, let me go at this from another way. If someone is seduced by their own autobiography, if you want to call it that, they are <clears throat> stuck in a story that they've picked and choose what to believe from the external information. Mm-hmm. And if I'm want to hear you saying it's correct, we need to kind of like push all that out, create some space, and then... Kind of sit at your own center and figure out what's what and I that has to be very scary for a lot of people to consider because we don't know what's down there. we don't know what that thing is. and so how would you how would you kind of like assist somebody or even just suggest encourage I don't know someone through that process because we live in like the busiest world and and we create such a busy world around us too appointment to appointment place to place thing to thing how do we create that space
0: i think it has to be implemented consciously where it is something that we hold to a standard that we are required to meet uh and it's keeping promises to ourselves. so Uh, i think i don't think it takes a very it doesn't it doesn't have to be anything in depth it's just giving the period of time, I call it a white noise walk, most likely. So if someone goes for a 20 minute walk, it's a white noise walk. Don't bring your phone. Don't bring anything. All you have is your, your thoughts. And that mm. that's an opportunity for an individual to be able to go through it um, or not go through it, but to just like think. And it's interesting yeah. because some people might, might wonder like, Oh, well, what do I think about whatever comes to mind? Just go with the flow of things because our brains want to recycle things too. We only have so much space for, we only have so much cognitive load that we can take on, but we're trying to overflow it. And now we find ourselves caring about things that we don't give a shit about. But it's also, it's also we're judged if we don't know something about something that's trending when really no one is obligated to care about things that they don't care about. Cause then it's just adding unnecessary misery into our lives. Uh, yeah. so I guess, I guess <laughs> yeah. setting the, setting the intention of if someone is fearful of going deep into like their thoughts, then I kind of think of it like, uh, the conjuring where there's Valak, the, the nurse ghost, I think it was the conjuring, but there's the nurse ghost. And in, in the movie, uh, I forget the main character's name, but she had she the way that she found that she could defeat the ghost was by learning the name, and I think we make things that are really huge in our minds, but when we find ourselves turning to face it, and then we name it, then we have power over it. So that's the main point for the uh, conjuring analogy: is mm. she had power over valak because she learned the name of the demon when you learn the names of the demons you have the power over them yeah. uh it's kind of similar to uh choosing to be a bison rather than a cow a bison when they see the storm coming they run towards the storm right because they know that the fat the sooner they run towards the storm they're going to be on a nicer they're go- it's going to be much nicer on the other side cows will go on the They'll run away from the storm and what they find is that cloud is still going to follow them, but they end up tired. So then they stop and then they end up miserable in the rain anyways. So I think it takes that moment of just a second, just one second of courage and courage is a courageous person is a person that is willing to do the thing despite the fear and so if mm. they're willing, if someone's willing to look at the, the, the parts of themselves that they're scared of or fearful of, or don't want to address and name it, then they have power over it. And then mm. we find ourselves able to dig deeper into that and then reframing it, coming up with a new story, a new narrative. And then I kind of think of it like character design. Like if life's a video game, what's the character design that you want to have? It's, a, it's an RPG game, right? Right. I'm just one of those coaches that are on the side. I'm just one of the peeps that pop up out of the, out of the blue. And I pro- provide a, a, a resource that's going to be able to fast track progress. Mm. So it's just the willingness to learn, have the guide, face those fears, and then just not turn it into such a big deal. I think we just turn, cool. turn things in, into big deals when they're really not.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Can I, can I share an um, experience I had? At,
0: Absolutely. So
1: I went to a 10-day okay, silent meditation retreat. And so it's 10 days dead silent, no talking, no writing, no reading, or nothing. Just wake up at four, just times of meditation throughout the day, foods and provided. So all I had to do was show up and follow this plan. And I was scared shitless to go. Cause I was like, dude, I don't know if I could do it. So it's like, I, obviously I had to like face that. So I went and i one thing I learned is that once I got rid of all the distractions or once they got rid of all the distractions, um, <clears throat> I found my mind searching for if, any kind of distraction. Like I found myself reading the ingredients on my toothpaste, like, as it just needed something. And then after that, part of the process is while you're sitting there meditating, if you are anxious, you say, "Oh, I'm feeling anxious. That's anxious. That's anxious. Okay." Um, if your legs are kind of like want to move around, it's like, "Oh, I'm restless. Okay." That's that naming that you're talking about. And I found that after, and and if everybody's a little different, but they say like four to five days in, it just lets go. And there was this amazing clarity that came after that, where it was unbelievable. We could talk about details later, but one of the things that came from that is almost like that opportunity to say like, okay, like, who do you want to become in a sense? It's like, now that we're empty, now we can see with clarity. And and what I found my, my personal experience, if, if, if you ask me, Steve, what do you want to become? I would say 90% of my answers are coming from my ego. In that space, from that emptiness, what came was more like my intrinsic nature is just to become who I am. I don't have to work at becoming who I am. I just have to let go of all the bullshit. Like, like, if you think about it from a different perspective, it's like, if you cut your arm, you don't have to work hard to heal. Your body knows how to do that. And we're no different from that. Once we stop scratching the itch, and reopening the wound, it does it naturally and organically. And we are so, in my opinion, through the media and, and a lot of things, we are adjusted or calibrated to a sick and deformed society. I mean, and, and I don't think anyone would debate that because of our, just the levels of anxiety and all that stuff, because we don't create space within ourselves to sit and actually ask those questions and experience what your true nature is. And that sounds weird to talk about. Don't get me wrong, okay? And I understand look, we're getting into some fluffy, fluffiness, fluffiness, but I, that's my truth. That's the only way I know how to describe it. If I could explain it better, I would. But from that place just became, ah. I actually don't have to work to be me. I just have to stop not being me. I just have to stop doing all the stuff and the distractions that pull me away from my authentic nature. And then, once you're in that seat of your authentic nature, if you want to call that, you don't have to work to be of service. You don't have to work to love your wife. You don't have to work to do all these things. It just comes absolutely natural. And so, taking what happened for me, that experience, integrating it into my life, <clears throat> you know my relationships improved. Like you would believe it's like one of the strongest foundations in my life right now. It's because of that is in that place. I don't have to be like, okay, I need to be a good husband. And in order to do that, I need to behave in these certain ways. I can just show up and say, okay, what do you need? Just be available, just be empty, be open. Like, you know, I, I often tell my, my wife to, to her chagrin, but I just tell her, I'm like, I don't want to be a husband. I don't ever want to be your husband. I don't want that bullshit i just want to be with you and that's it mm-hmm. and so from that place it's so much easier to deal with the complexities of life because it's like, not this like okay i have to take care of you but then i also have to behave in accordance to other people's belief of what a husband should be or a friend or a brother or son whatever whatever the the thing is you don't have all these parallel things and that's where i believe we we get trapped up the most is we've been indoctrinated and we've also bought into all these alternative ways of, of living. Like, look at discipline. Discipline's the best one. Who doesn't want to be David Goggins? He's fucking awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, like, if I went and went full David Goggins, I guarantee my relationships would fall off. You know, like, there's, there's other parts of myself that would be punished, in a sense. It would just fall apart. So, you know, my biggest question is: How do we take that spirit of David Goggins and put it into the tasks that we do, and just go full out, commit? But when we're done them, walk away, come into your relationship, your friendships, and use that same intensity, and be like, "How can I serve you right now? Like, what what can I do to make this better?" You know, and that's that to me is a question that is life affirming instead of you know life protracting.
0: Mm nice. I like that. I like that quite a bit. So after the 10 days, dude, I'm freaking all about (laughs) it. Yeah, Yeah. Don't be, don't be, I love it. I think it's fun. It's, it's exciting. It's, it's exciting learning and just hearing different, uh, different perspectives and just going in. Well, I I think this is the cool thing about is when you get to have cool conversations with cool people or interesting people, then you get to have a personal experience rather than what I view a lot of us having as a personalized experience. So mm-hmm. let's say, for example, I, I think that real life is very similar to social media in this sense, where when we're searching, when we're searching, whatever we're looking up, whatever, actually, this is a cool way. Let's say whatever is on our feed for whatever social media is because we're checking out those things the most often. There's no, which means there's no counterpoint. There's no challenge to the perspective, so it is personalized. It is not there to help better us. It is there to go along with what we are just seeing and believing. So there's no personal component to it anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: brutal. Yeah, that uh, that. Oh, sorry. Go
0: uh, ahead. No, go for it. I I think you're going to probably have a cool tangent on this one. I have a question afterwards about the (laughs) ten-day retreat, but yeah, go for
1: it. Sure. It was cool when you said that because I guess. If we're only looking at, in your example, the social feed, you know, it's only affirming what you're already thinking. And like I said at the beginning, like, if you and I have the same opinion, one of us is irrelevant. So it's like we don't need more people with the same opinions. We just become a bigger echo chamber. And so, you know, it comes back to this saying, and I hope I think I get it right. I think it was Seneca. He said, true knowledge is a state of being. True knowledge isn't a thing that we can own and flex on her friends, it's a state of being. And I think that state of being allows for
3: different people to have different, like
1: the, the, the foundation of friendship is to understand and be understood, not, not to buy into each other's beliefs. Obviously, you like fitness, I love fitness. We're gonna go crush some kettlebells fine but i want to hear exactly where you disagree with me and why because i want to know what's real inside of you not just the things that about me that you agree with and i think that's the, the most beautiful place to actually live life is from that place of like okay what what don't i know you know like like where am i spending time in my life that's just feeding my own belief system mm. and how do i how do i change that and so that's what brings me to these meditation retreats or all the other crazy stuff that I do is because like, if I have that fear in me, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I gotta go. I gotta go. Anyways, carry on.
0: That's pretty good. What is a, so how, have you been able to uh, bring much of that clarity from the, cause I know after, yeah, I'll just go with that one. After that 10 day retreat, were you able to bring that, Silence and that clarity into today and now? And how is it that you kind of find that intentional silence, I suppose?
2: Ah, okay.
0: Um,
1: Imagine you trained for a squat competition, okay? And you squatted every day for a year. You've developed this ton of muscle memory. And so if you didn't squat, you did the competition, you didn't squat for the next five years. Five years and one day later, you hop into a squat bar. You still have that muscle memory to figure it out. Your muscles might not be like tight and strong and ready to go. But, you know, there's that part of your mind that knows how to squat. So you just have to awaken that part. And it's very similar to meditation. You know, you go to an intense 10-day thing like that. And I mean intense. Like, yeah, anyways, very intense. And so you go to that stage and just muscle memory like crazy, day and night, you're just going through it, going through it, and you're stripped of everything. But when you come back in life, you know, you don't just float around, you know, you're not just in this weird state of like meditation all the time. Like, you you know, you got bills to pay and a job to do and a life to live, but you can take that essence and dip into it a little bit quicker. That was my experience. And it also allows me, and I would say the biggest gift that I brought is there's like an extra, an extra 12 inches in front of my nose that I have to think about things before when a problem happens. Like if someone comes up to me as angry, as threatening my life, I feel like I just have a little bit more space between that instance and me to choose how I make it my response. Yeah. And, and to me, that was a really big gift. Because it makes me feel like I'm less pulled to that auto-reaction and more inclined to sit and decide. It's like even if I don't know how to react, I can say, okay, like I, I don't know how to react to this. What can I do? You know. So
0: Yeah, Victor Frankl says, because uh, I got man search for meeting up there, but he said he says uh, in between stimulus response is the opportunity, or no, sorry, in between stimulus and action is our opportunity to respond. Mm-hmm yeah that's craziness i think ten-day yeah, retreat it, of silence would be freaking cool
1: i yeah here's what's cool about it is that <clears throat> one of the things they say very very clearly is like this is not a religious practice like if you're a yogi no yoga nothing like your only job is to sit here and do this one practice there's no, there's no journaling. There's no gratitude. There's no, none of that. Your job is to just show up and sit down. And, and I, I like that because I think what holds us back is like, the, like look, I grew up in a Christian household. Like, and like, it's pretty clear there's a lot of bullshit in that world. And it's easy to overlook the beauty in those types of belief systems or religions because of all the crap. And I think what's cool about this practice is you can just sit down and it's all set up for you. You don't have to worry about your food. You don't have to worry about any of that. You have a bed to sleep in, food on your plate. Your job is just to wake up, sit down. That's it. And I've never experienced a time where I've had so much space to be with myself. And the result was just this like realization that I think, I don't know if you, if you want to really know how cool you are, sit with yourself for 10 days. You'll see how crazy you are, neurotic, anxious, stressed out, like all the things in your life will come up. But also the yin to the yang is you'll also see all the beauty, the strength, the courage, the resilience, all of that stuff. You get to see everything. It's a whole bouquet of yourself. It's overwhelming. But at the same time, it's—I think I think it's one of the best gifts that a person can give themselves is time. Mm. We give time to everybody. You know, in that, in that book, I was telling you about earlier, Seneca on the shortness of life. He says this quote, which says like, we are so quick to rise to arms, to defend our property and defend, defend our things and the rights of our land. But we give away our time, which is the one thing we should be most stringent about. We don't defend our time. We don't defend the one thing we can never get back. we we fight for a door ding on your car and insurance claims and all this shit so it shows you like where our priorities are skewed if we were to defend our time in the same way we defend our stuff it would really reorganize how we flow through life
0: there would definitely be i think that there would be a much better flow overall yeah it'd be a little less rocky
1: yeah. Some people like a rocky though. I know I did at some point.
0: That's true, yeah. Yeah. Honestly like Rocky's good. I th- I I like thinking of it like I want to be in a manageable speed wobble.
1: <laughs> a safe speed wobble.
0: Yeah. There's I like, like that. it's like you you feel it, you feel it like shivering. It's like, "Oh, I don't know how this is going to go, but somehow I'm magically <laughs> still holding on. Let's go." <laughs> so it's a manageable speed wobble. I don't yeah, like that. it's well. It's a sweet spot between it's the Goldilocks zone between uh, too hot and too cold as well, right? It's just finding that degree. It's just setting the the thermostat to the degree that you can handle to the best of your ability for a longer duration of time.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, I got a question I, for you. I, oh, yes, go ahead.
1: sir. <clears throat> if you have oh, thought, it, go for say, it. Say, I was just gonna say I have to say when I'm on my motorcycle and I've had a speed wobble. The last thing I think about is ah the Goldilocks zone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this feels good. <laughs> uh,
0: anyway, go on. One of my one of my favorite questions <laughs> to ask guests uh, is ah, uh, and it's it's pretty cool. There's been a lot of pretty cool questions or answers from it. But um, what is? It, and we may have already touched on it actually. But what is something that uh, society generally cares about that you do not give two shits
3: about or do you just do not prioritize say that one more time so what is something that society cares about that you do not Mm -hmm. i think
1: i think being popular and being cool Mm I think that's something that as I've gotten older, I care less and less about. I don't want to be cool. I don't want to be popular. (laughs) And I think the opposite of that is I think our society over relies on that. Goes outside of their own authentic state to be cool, to be this, to be that. And so I would say popularity would be one of them.
0: That's a good one. I like popularity. That's a good one.
1: I have to think about that ah i got i got an answer this is this is gonna be (laughs) be one of those woo 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 zones heads up um i think one of the things that our society cares about the most is division Mm. and i just when i'm at my best self i do not care about division and the inverse is also true I don't think that our society puts enough emphasis on things like love. You know, we, we externalize love is in terms of these, It just gets weird. And so I think that's one thing that we could all, we could all agree. I think that if we added a little bit more love into our lives, we'd all get along a little bit better. And So. Our society's emphasis on division is just something I just don't have any time for, man.
0: Mm. Yeah, i I like that one. That's a great answer. I would definitely. I like division, or not like actually like division. I want like that <laughs> as an answer. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like to actively participate in dividing people. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: trolls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I love that. That's a great one. I I not agree more with the uh the part with love. I think like I like I like the idea of leading with love, and it if you're mm. leading with love, then And it could be internal or external. But yeah, when when we get to lead with love, then we interact with love. When we interact with love, then the people around us feel love and then they express more love. It's like pay it forward, right? It's reciprocation. It's like if it's it's just uh in in any ripple, any we have a ripple effect on the people around us, and some people may. Find themselves without people around them and wonder why, but they're not leading with love. People that are leading with love can draw people towards them just because it's something that feels good. Like people feel seen, cared for. Uh, they know that there's going to be a there's just good vibes, right? I have on my I have on my board over there. Good vibes make for great guests.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: I like that. I like right? that. And one yeah. of
1: my favorite. Go, ahead, Go, for Go
0: for it, please. Go for it. Yeah, I was just, I was just thinking, I was just gonna keep on going with the tangent there, but I, going <laughs> with, going with that part, where it's just when, when leading with love, then it feels good to love, but people want to receive love before they're willing to give love, which then goes into ill intention because it's in a scarcity mindset rather than abundance mindset. And when you're in a scarcity mindset, you're thinking of me, not we, when you're thinking abundant, then you're thinking of we and how to develop as a whole,
1: I suppose.
2: Hmm,
0: something there's something there.
1: Yeah. When you're a hundred percent, right. When you say you got to lead with love, because if you want to trust, if you want to be trustworthy, you have to trust others first. You know, if you want generosity in your life, you have to lead the generosity. You can't just expect everyone else to start, you know, and that's really uncomfortable for males, especially I find. It's like, you know, it's easy to talk about bro love and stuff like that. It's because it's kind of like at the halfway, but it's also difficult to explain to another male who's really in the masculine and not willing to soften a little bit, to tell them like, hey man, like love is the goal and life is that journey. Mm -hmm. And if you can, if you can really embrace that truth, it allows that person to soften from within. Which if you can soften from within, you can actually create space for for actually people to be inside of you and to actually Mm -hmm. enjoy being with you. But it's not at the it's not at the expense of strength. You know when you soften into love, you actually get stronger. You know you develop more empathy, you're more compassionate. Like you just become this fireball. And that's the one thing I love the most about this topic is that uh, number one, people don't want to talk about it because it just sounds fluffy. But if anybody has ever started a relationship and felt that infatuation, There's this energy around it, even if infatuation is a little bit delusional, like you only see the good sides and not the downsides of that person, you know, but you have to admit there is that energy when you first with somebody, it's new, it's fresh, you feel alive, you can stay up all day thinking about them all the time, but we fall into these relationships, we fall into love, but then we start a relationship or we start a friendship. That's so boring we forget that this journey is continuing to surrender and let go into ourselves and finding more of ourselves. And, and, and part of that is like falling into our minds, strengthening our minds, allowing to cultivate a better mind, but also your heart and your gut, your intuition, integrating all aspects of ourselves for a more wholesome experience. I mean, if I, if our eyes, ears, nose, and mouth are considered sensors for the outside world, you know, you could consider our heart or whatever and our gut as sensors for our inner world. And if we can sensitize to those sensors in the same way we sensitize to our hearing and our seeing, we can get a more comprehensive stance of where we stand. You know, more of a comprehensive of like, okay, like you could just be more honest with yourself, more honest with other people. And then if you have to deliver a hard truth to your friend, you can deliver a hard truth with love instead of with petulance. Nice. So I think, I think this, this topic is the, is the version one of ourselves that we need to work on because everything else attached to it gets better. And it's the hardest thing to do. <laughs> it's yeah. the hardest thing to do because it's the scariest.
0: It's like people are trying to make all the things around that better to avoid just doing the one thing that makes all of that better. It's like, I forget what the, I forget what the job title is, but uh, for logging, when you have the logs going down the river, yeah, sometimes they jam up. So there's an occupation where there's this one fellow that will come in and then he'll just point at, he'll say like that log right there. And then they'll remove the log and then it has the flow going again. Uh, People would rather put in the effort of trying to move all the other logs rather than that one log of love. Yeah. Because it's uncomfortable.
1: It's very uncomfortable. Yes. But everything's tied to it. There's a great quote by um, Thich Nhat Hanh. It says, uh, you must love in such a way that the person you love feels free. And that to me illustrates the perfect example of, of what that means, but also the exclusion of controlling love. It's like, I'm gonna love you today, but you better love me tomorrow. Silent contracts. If I do this for you, you better respond in this way. And you know, once you get into these things, like look, if I asked any dude, if if I gave you a million dollars, would you take it? answer is yes. If I could give you more love in your life, would you take it? Everyone would say yes. But we don't want to talk about it. And we don't want to work for it. But the thing is, is that in the same way that if you bring a lot of money into your life, it allows you so many opportunities to experience life in so many different ways. And love is the same way.
2: Mm.
1: But so is integrity. So is strength. Like all of these things allow you to experience life. I hate saying that. (laughs) but as a placeholder word
0: experience our life being I'll say experience being
1: being. yeah yeah yeah
0: Yeah. yeah. oh that's a good one yeah Yeah. I totally I totally agree it's actually you know what something that's really funny uh because I was chatting with a couple a couple and it was a couple of my dude friends and uh especially my buddy Calvin I'll have him on the podcast at some point too but uh we've known each other since we were like 15. So literally half of our lives, we've known each other and it wasn't until the last like year or two years where every once in a while he'll like pop up and I'll be like, Hey man, just wanted to say, love you, bro. And then he does the same thing every once in a while. And then we don't even say anything after that part. And then we'll just like shoot the shit and hang out and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's but it's interesting, because I told I, I definitely agree with you. It's definitely interesting how we're so resistant to giving love due to the fear of not having it reciprocated. But why does love have to be reciprocated at all?
2: Why don't we want to talk about it? Mm. Yeah, do. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah,
0: what do you, Okay, so hmm, if you were to, if you were to break it down. For someone to be able to develop that love, to that openness of love, how would you how would you go about that? What do you think for that? We're just gonna come up with a whole hmm. topic of like a webinar right now. It's like this is
1: how you're gonna love
2: in the <laughs> practical <five> way.
1: <laughs> the, the The true answer is I don't know, because Fair. it depends on each person. Fair, and and I'm not the gatekeeper that holds that information. That's a very that's a very sacred bond between that person and themselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think, I think coaches and stuff can open those doors. Like we talked about, you know, they can open those doors and give opportunities to explore that, but I would never get in the way of of that person and their deepest self, because that's, that's relationship number one. And, and I don't want to be a part of that because it's not my place. Mm-hmm. However, If somebody wants to know, you can give them examples and signposts. But, and I think one of the good things, like, you know, when I talk to people about relationships, I say, okay, how many times a day do you tell your wife that you love her? Like, ah, you know, we tell each other all the time. Love you, love you, love you. I'm like, okay, how much of that is hypnosis? And how much of that is a deep feeling towards that person? Mm-hmm. So if you ask yourself through that same lens point, you can tell yourself you love yourself all day. And we talked about words of affirmation, they're so powerful, but why are we hiding from the experience of going within and figuring what that is? You know, that's a very sacred relationship is between a person and itself. And that needs to be explored and cultivated. Because if, if you can't, how can you, how can you be in a relationship with somebody if you can't be in a relationship with yourself? And that's qualified, right. man. And so, you know, it's like, you have to let your actions do the talking and let your words, re, your words, reaffirm your actions. You have to show up for your partner, not just say you're going to show up. You have to show up for yourself and not just say you are, you know, so. I mean, it leads into a much more nuanced, more nuanced conversation. But <clears throat> I think what's important is that you know we've talked about honesty a lot, the truth, and I think that's a great place to start. So, you know, just asking ourselves like, why why do we do resist love? Because once you unlock that key, all these other boundaries and barriers fall fall apart. Mm -hmm. so it's like we can go around in your analogy with the logs picking each log and moving them and organizing them or you can just go right to the heart of things and open the floodgates and figure it out you know how like how long do you actually intend to spend on this earth okay how how many years are we going to waste actually just floating around thinking about love instead of just diving in and figuring it out and it's going to be weird and uncomfortable and vulnerable and all these things us guys don't like to feel but fuck it why why do we want to be all muscles and no heart have you ever you know you why do you want to be a professor with all intelligence and no soul
2: Mm.
1: you know i I really believe that our job is to, to, to expose and strengthen every aspect of who we are be absolutely firm on our virtues, our values, our integrity. But at the same time, like, oh damn. I read this in one of those old Chinese books. It's great. It says, a gentleman, a gentleman makes demands of himself. The rogue makes demands of others. Mm. And I think that's the best part. Set yourself to a high standard. Stop worrying about what other people do if they acting this way, fuck all that shit, focus on yourself, set your high standards and go for them. And all that other stuff around you will fall apart. That's a good tangent. I'm sorry.
0: That's a fantastic <laughs> tangent. Yeah. No, I, yeah, yeah. I, I just watched the universe just like puke in your skull and <laughs> yeah. then it just came
2: out <laughs> of your mouth things.
1: there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had
1: my own conjuring. I don't yeah. know. I just, I, I just, that's what I feel, man. And, and, at the deepest core of myself, that's the only thing I'm really focused on.
0: Yeah, that's, that's absolutely fantastic. Mm. Oh man. Okay. So usually I just want to go until the podcast where the guests usually drop some fuck freaking solid fire. Uh, I'm going to go against that particular rule just cause I want to just squeeze as much knowledge out of here as possible. But, um, from that from the
2: hmm,
3: honestly, I don't even know where I can go with that one.
0: That was a freaking good tangent, dude. It's yeah. a very good tangent. It just
2: happened.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just had a anchorman moment where uh, yeah. where you just came back and you're like, where am I?
1: <laughs> Whoa. I <don't> know. <laughs> yeah. You just won the it, debate. What? It, it's hard for me in the sense that that is exactly how I feel. And I mean it. I mean it. That's just the way I've learned to see the world and myself in this world. But the challenge for me is how do I convey that to people in a way that they have their own choice? Like, guaranteed, those people, like they're like, this guy's fucking nuts. Totally fine. But if there's a piece of that that resonates, I don't know how to offer that in a place that, what's the point of knowledge if you can't use it?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. there's no point it's just verbal masturbation we have to be able to just actually get our hands on this stuff so i think that's where it becomes you know like transitioning from podcast to hitting the power button stepping out into the world and be like okay i gotta go to the grocery store and buy some broccoli how do i do that in this method how do i show up in the grocery store in that way Mm -hmm. you know and i think that's the struggle. I think that that, that's the struggle worth living,
0: you know? Yeah. Just coming up with those, just those little tasks, little by little build up, accumulate, get get the momentum. I, I I like, uh, I like the idea of thinking of your heart as a bucket and, uh, the idea of scarcity, or if you're searching for love from a point of scarcity, then you're trying to allow others or you're trying to receive love from others by filling up their your bucket, your heart bucket with their love. When we find love from abundance, where we have that, where we have put in the effort, and this is the one thing that I would, so the question of uh, how would someone be able to um, incorporate more love? My, my idea for that one would be accumulate so much undeniable proof that you love yourself by taking action on the things that you want to do so that you have congruence. The yeah. only reason that we don't believe that we can love ourselves is because we don't actively participate in the act of loving ourselves. Yeah. And then we're just taking on the love. But then when we find that internal, intrinsic, abundance love, where then we find ourselves filling our heart bucket up so much that we are overflowing. And that's the overflow of love is what the others, other people can get.
1: and it it always begs the question it's like how do you actually know what you need to do to love yourself like how do you actually know these things because everyone's so different and even i know when i look into myself like let's just say i'm in the gym one day loving myself is just realizing i'm not not feeling it drink some water and go home but the next day it's like i know i'm not feeling it today and i doubled down sweat my bag off and just run myself ragged and I get out of that workout I'm like man that was awesome you know so it's just it's just there's a wisdom in knowing which way to go with that and and that's where the relationship is is it's not just a rule like top five things to love yourself it's an active participation in that process saying hey I did this today and it felt good why you know like Man, I I I helped out my coworker when they didn't need help. Why why did that feel so good? Well, you know, these these are questions worth exploring. And I think it it lays those questions lead to that blueprint of like your own unique style of loving yourself. Hmm. If I say loving myself one more time, I'm gonna shit my pants.
0: Yeah.
3: It's probably it,
1: enough. For the but folks it's,
0: for, for, <laughs> the, for the folks listening, go through this podcast again, have a shot every time.
2: <laughs> yeah
1: gonna
2: be a good night absolutely
0: yeah okay so definitely gonna leave it there my man because that was a fantastic knowledge bomb to drop uh i i really appreciate how much we talked about love and how important love is and i think i i think that there totally needs to be a lot more love and nobody can deny that there's no way in hell that someone could say no there's enough love i think we're good there's definitely quite a bit more that i think we could bring to the to the table in the way of being the loving person internally first then to the external world yeah
1: and if and if there's any if there's any challenges with that and you're you're too scared to take the first step just give me a phone call i'll I'll take the first step i don't give a fuck i'm happy to throw myself under the bus every time for that reason i think that's worth fighting for and I, and I will continue to do so. And so if anyone never needs it, man, just phone me up. Like, let's make that happen because it's worth it. It's worth the weird, uncomfortable vulnerability. So thank you.
0: Oh, man, I completely agree with that. Completely agree with that. So I got uh, two final questions for you. You ready for these goodies? I'm ready
1: now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So now you had a warm up. (laughs)
1: Let me, let me fill up my shot glass. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go.
2: Hit me.
0: Okay. So the first one context, this podcast doesn't exist. No information of yours exists. You're on your deathbed. You have the people that love you that are around you that are both receiving of your love and giving of their love towards you. Two shots. Uh boo <laughs> Yeah. What is the one piece of advice that you want to pass on to the people? Mm. You're
1: on your deathbed. I'm on my deathbed. We're getting into cliche zone here for sure. Fair.
2: Um I think just be kind.
1: Simple as that, man. Be kind to yourself, be kind to others. Just focus on building bridges instead of breaking them down.
3: You know, yeah. I like that, that's a good one.
0: Then the final question, I think this is gonna mm-hmm. be a fun. Unless you, unless you thought of something there, it looked like you had something else that you wanted to ask for a second.
1: I, yeah, you know what, I was thinking, this is so bad. I mean, this is not really <laughs> relevant, but this would be fun. Like imagine if you're on your deathbed, someone's like, give me your one piece of advice. You just say like, just remember, bees don't go around trying to convince flies that honey's better than shit, and then croak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Sorry. Is it like? That was
2: chilling? it. Oh. That
1: was it, man. That's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Just go live your just go live your own life, man. Yeah, that's all I was thinking. I like it, and then the final
0: question. So, this one's a little bit of a new one. So I just switched it up like three episodes ago, but. uh, <laughs> So the best version of you, the best, mm-hmm. the highest version, the higher Steve, the, the the role model, the best version of you is sitting next to you. What advice would that Steve give current Steve for this season of your existence of your life?
1: Just time to chill the fuck out. <laughs> when dude, honestly. When I when I'm when I'm at my best, I, I like to think of it like calm is contagious. You know, like this is one thing they teach in a lot of the Eastern traditions is that all water eventually flows to the lowest point. So just sit in the valley and relax. Everything comes to you in time. So just be patient, calm the fuck down. And I know when I'm not at my best, I'm running around chasing, working like a madman. And so. That's, that's my personal self is to just learn to calm down, hang out in the low spots. And eventually everything, will be. everything that I need always shows up anyways. So that's fantastic. I give to myself.
0: That's good shit, dude. I really dig that's it. Good question. I like that. Not question. bad. eh? Not bad. Yeah. I've been playing around yeah. with some questions. It's good. Still getting the flow. I, yeah. It's good times. So, uh, yeah, for the folks listening, that's what I got for you today. Where can people find you, Steve, in case they want to
3: reach out and talk about love?
1: You know what, man? I actually don't know. I got Instagram, but I don't know what my name is. Perfect. On there. We'll so figure
0: it out at some point. We'll have,
1: to, we'll have to put that on some show notes. Yeah. Get, you know, re- reach out to Kyle and get my phone number or something.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we'll do. Hey, man, I actually don't know what it is. I apologize. I'll put them in the show notes. No big deal. Perfect. That's that's
0: beautiful. So folks, if you love today's episode, please do me a favor right now. Share it on your Instagram stories and tag Mm. me with my handle at warrior body, Kyle. Tell me about how much Steve is awesome. And uh, yeah, tag me in your stories at warrior body, Kyle. This is one of the ways that you help us grow until next time. I hope your day treats you as good as you look.